right guys, it is Jay with Just Jay, and this would be episode four now. And today, I am so excited to have here in the studio, Amy and Laura from Abra's Angels. Amy is the director and she's the one who got Abra started. And if you guys don't know what Abra Angels is, um, they're an organization where an in-home foster rescue Right, Amy? Was that, that a good way to explain it? Yeah. Okay. And um, if you guys know me, of course, uh, I am a huge, huge dog and animal lover. So I joined with them last year, and I love working with them. And there's so many amazing things that this group does. And that's why I wanted to have them on today, because I want them to share um, about like how they got this started, uh, all the rescues they do, and all the changes they make in the community. And I introduced Amy, but we also have Laura here, and she's a treasure. Hello. So, um, Amy, I want to ask you, how did you get Aubra started? Tell me your story. It was very accidentally. Um, I had <laughs> pets my whole life. Uh, they had all been strays. When I was growing up, I just came from a family that if you saw a stray animal, you stopped and helped it. Um, and one day I was, this was October of 2009, and I was, uh, went to South Lake Mall and walked into Macy's and there were dogs in the store. And so I was immediately like, why are there dogs in here? <laughs> and it was like some community event they were doing. And there was a rescue group there. It was all breed rescue and adoption. And I had no idea there was a difference between a shelter and a rescue. I had never heard of a rescue before. And one of their volunteers told me all about it and how you foster and how they worked. And I thought, oh my gosh, I could totally foster a dog, um, mm -hmm. never knowing what it was going to lean into. But <laughs> um, that's kind of how it started. I started fostering in October of 2009 and did that for a couple of years. And at the end of 2012, um, that group just kind of... Uh, um, had disbanded and um, the the lady who had started that group and done so much great work um, I think was a little burned out which is completely understandable I and mean I see everything that you do and you go through and I, that is understandable but yeah it's it's a real it's very easy to get burned out quickly mm -hmm. um, so there were three options at that time do I go foster for another group just say goodbye to fostering altogether mm -hmm. but i had already seen what a huge need there was in the area oh, yeah. or kind of like start over with the way i thought things should have been and um, one of the other volunteers from the old group uh amy also amy she was amy g um <laughs> she and i co-founded abra Albreed rescue angels and we changed the way things worked a little bit we opened it up to um more cats the old rescue had been mainly focused on dogs we mm -hmm. do dogs and cats and the occasional other little critter that comes our way there oh yeah what did number. we get not we had too sugar gliders sugar, uh, bunnies a tortoise was there a hedgehog uh, or something hedgehog okay a yeah pig. yeah yeah so this, all animals welcome if there's a way we can figure out how to properly rescue and take yeah. care of an animal we'll always try unless to do it's like it. a shark i don't think we could take care of sharks here no <laughs> we don't have salt water just wait until someone sends that message because we'll be figuring out <laughs> no, how, right? how do we do this so um yeah it, it's it's grown exponentially it got larger much faster than i i thought it would but we have um been blessed with a million 
the best people just that we have fantastic volunteers mm. and so that's uh, what has allowed us to rescue all these animals and keep going yes yes and then talking about awesome people we have laura thank you and laura how did you get involved with abra um okay so in like november of 2013 i also didn't know fostering was a thing i didn't know about rescues i always adopted from my local shelters that's Mm -hmm. just where i went when we were looking for a dog we'd go look at a shelter we had just come from the shelter and the dog i had at the time did wasn't working out with the dog that we looked at at the shelter so mm-hmm. we were kind of bummed so we said okay well we're gonna take scrappy to pet smart to get him a toy because we thought we were getting him a brother or sister and it just didn't work out and then there was this black pity that was there that needed a home with a local rescue that was there um they immediately hit it off so i started talking to them found out about fostering thought about rescues found out what they do how mm-hmm. they do it and what they do and how much need there is for black pitties so we saved her um she was a hot mess she had been used as a bait dog she has scarred all over her face she was afraid of men she was afraid of people who smoked cigarettes wore the hats where she was just a hot mess so for people really quick who don't a lot of people don't know the term bait dog so um there are a lot of fosters we take in there's a lot of animals that end up in shelters that are bait dogs um can you explain what that term means sure so what she was used for was dog fighting but she was not going to be a fighter she was going to be used as a sparring partner until Mm -hmm. her death her mouth her muzzle had been taped she has a scar where her muzzle had been taped um she had not been fed her coat was missing hair all over Mm. um and she so she had food aggression so what they were using Mm. her for was to train their fighting dogs and she was just she broke free she had a when the rescue had found her running the streets in um gary they she had a chain on her neck and she had her muzzle taped shut so oh my god um, they brought her in and they explained to me her background and everything we took her on um she's an wonderful dog Mm -hmm. she is amazing she has no food aggression anymore she can be taken out to a pub if they allow dogs and she's (laughs) she's okay she's great she does nose work she's done um, obedience training she's done rally competitions she's an awesome dog that is amazing and she's been a foster sister to 19 dogs wow so she's so i think that's really important for people to know because um if people do hear of dog fighting which i think that would be a more like known term for Mm -hmm. something like that is dog fighting and what you had was the bait dog and um people think that when they get dogs that were involved with dog fighting they automatically dismiss them right or they don't know where they came from they don't know their background and they dismiss the dog but um in your situation and a lot of our situations that we've had with a lot of dogs you'll see that it's it's not the dog it's the people it's around and we've transformed so many dogs that way so um with people being mad at certain dogs for being in that situation you got to give them a chance especially if you want to adopt and rescue you really have to work with them because it's it's a lot of work. They're just not going to come in perfect. Exactly. And that's the big key is I gave her her time. I gave her mm-hmm. her space. I gave her, tra- I worked with an excellent trainer. I got the resources that I needed to um, work her through what she needed so I could get a great dog in the end. Yeah. Um, so I've got that dog and my son who was 17 at the time said, you know, mom, black pities 
are typically they don't get adopted they don't even make it to the adoption floor they're being euthanized we have to do something we need to oh we, at, 17, at 17 that's so amazing yeah. his reason he's the reason i got involved um and that's he's so actually, awesome thank you, nathan yeah, <laughs> shout out nathan. to nathan <laughs> um so actually he, he he said you know especially the black pities i found out they're being put down we need to we need to get involved so i went to um my trainer at the time and said you know i'm thinking of doing what i did with nyla but i'd foster in that sense you know in that sense and she she said well here's who you need to check out um i chuck i chose abra because of of course when you're first going into this you think i'm never going to be able to give them any of them up i'm going to keep them all in my home and you know but they have that two-week period that trial period that's mm-hmm. what sold me on it as a foster because i thought okay they're really into looking into the home they go into so mm-hmm. i'm going to know if i'm going to put all this work into this dog to get them ready to shake off that shelter stress and have them ready for a home they're going to help me find the best home mm-hmm. for them and it's going to be that much easier to let them go when oh um, yeah yeah so that's why i started fostering <laughs> yeah it does make it a lot easier too when you do the home visits and you get to know and i feel like a lot of times lately i mean in my situation it's been like word of mouth like i've had a lot of friends adopt and you kind of already like know the people and like everyone some has some connection so word gets out there and and we've had some really really good people in the community that has adopted our animals and you we even keep a page right um what's the friends Friends of abra friends of abra uh for people that adopt so we can like because you don't want to let the dog go or the cat or right. hedgehog, whatever, right. whatever you get, you know, um, and then not know where they end up. So it's really cool to, like, keep an eye on them and see, like, how great they're doing. And um, speaking of that, I had um, Chopstick. I had a uh, dog from China, which we'll, we'll get into that story a little bit later, but... Um, the family that adopted him is so amazing. We're friends on Snap, and she sends me chopstick every day. I mean, like, <laughs> we become friends with these people, and yeah. it's just so awesome to see these dogs come from literally the worst situation you could ever think of to the best situation they could ever be in. Yeah, to see them where where you take a dog like Nyla, who had so much bad done to her by people, and now uh-huh. she trusts people again, and she it's loves amazing. people again. It's just amazing yeah. to see that they can they can just you know shake it off and mm-hmm. become yeah. And uh, so we talked about how Amy started Abra and how Laura got involved, and um, me was super random. I uh, was I think I was on Pet Finder one day looking for ways to help out with shelters or fostering or something of that um, and ever came across and I sent in my app. Well, I don't even think it was like 24 hours after my app got sent in, Laura called me. <laughs> if we get a foster app, we get very And she excited. said, really hey, excited. this is really soon, but... Um, <laughs> We have a dog that needs a just temporary foster. The foster parent at the time was going on vacation, and and being at the full capacity we're in, it's hard to you know find find babysitters basically for the dogs. So I was like, absolutely. So my first was Chula. She was um, she was this brown. What was her exact breed? 
uh, we did a, a DNA and it was Stanfordshire Terrier. Okay, so she yeah. was she was the best, most loving little lady ever. Um, she also was very involved with the roller derby stuff. Yes, she was. Yeah, she was what the mascot, <laughs> the mascot for that. For yeah, that every time they did and, fundraiser. And uh, she she's she's adopted now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it took two years for her. Yes, I think people yeah. don't understand sometimes. I mean, that's that's the exception rather than the rule. But when you volunteer to foster, people always say, "How long am I fostering for?" I don't know. We can pull an adult. <laughs> exactly. Great we question. don't know. <laughs> we don't know how long it'll take to find the right family or the right person for that cat or that dog. Mm-hmm. And it, it never fails. Like, we will pull a cat or dog. And I'm like, because they're a certain breed or they look a certain way, like, this dog or cat's going to be adopted in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, like, six months later, we're like, why are they still with us? Yeah. Or we'll pull, like, the, the 10-year-old pity with, like, no teeth, just broken down Aww. senior. And I'm like, okay. This this one's gonna be with us mm-hmm. forever, and then there's that special family that comes along that's looking for a senior. You just and don't in know. Two weeks, they're adopted. So yeah, I mean, well, so I went from Chula to um, Tilly, and she had Tilly had a very very bad anxiety, um, but she was sent to training. Yeah, you know what? We were, she had terrible anxiety, separation anxiety. But best dog ever. She, oh, sweetest dog in the universe. Um, But, you know, we're we're all volunteers. Nobody gets Mm -hmm. paid for doing this. And so we all work actual full time jobs. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, she was breaking out of crates and and harming herself. So um, she went and stayed with um, Animal House Sanctuary in Huntington, Indiana. And they are another absolutely incredible rescue shout out to the dogs and cats absolutely cindy and the crew at animal house they're fantastic and tilly went and stayed there for um a couple of months while we were trying to get her adopted and cindy worked with her and did amazing things and basically got her over her anxiety yeah and yeah and she's she was adopted um earlier this summer and her family absolutely loves her oh my god i i loved her and did we know like her background or anything with her the craziest thing i was on vacation i'm not kidding you when they say like rescues 24 7 there's no days off i was Uh in my hotel room in brussels belgium oh my god (laughs) the message on my phone that there's this urgent dog and she was at joliet animal oh yeah i picked her up i almost forgot I picked her up. (laughs) She had been returned for severe separation anxiety, but she was a really sweet dog, but she Mm -hmm. was doing horrible at the shelter. Yes. The kennel anxiety. They're like, she needs out now. And so I'm sending messages from here. I'm like, who can Mm -hmm. go pick up this dog? I'm like, me. It's crazy though. Like, I don't know how you keep track of all these dogs. Like I've only had a handful of them. And like, I just, I was like, oh yeah, I did pick up Tilly. Like (laughs) I forget. And then speaking of, um, yeah, we, we don't, it's it's not just like taking it's these dogs aren't like flown to us they're not drone to us I mean everybody no, has to transport and so absolutely. yeah so like Tilly came from Juliet and then um, I had uh, before I get to Caner because he's a he's an amazing story but before I get to him um, I had Maya and Maya's still with me now and I remember I took her to two meet and greets so when we get these fosters they go to the meet and greets to meet like hopefully a forever home. Well, Maya's a, a little. Uh, what what do we think she is? Like a terrier, uh, Jack Russell, Jack, Jack Russell, Jack mix. Russell, maybe a little rat terrier. Some kind of yeah. yeah, some kind of little mix. So cute, big big bug eyes. Took her to two uh, things to get her adopted, and she bit 
both people. <laughs> and not bit like left marks, right. like, but like, it she was snapped. It, she she yeah. snapped, and and it happens. But we also tell everyone like, don't approach the dog. Like they are fosters. They, you know, are are nervous. This is new for them. And nine out of ten dogs are like, hey, you're my best friend. I just met you. But there's yeah. always the dogs that need slow, proper introduction, whether think, it be to people yeah. or other animals. But until needs always those little ones, those little dogs. No, yeah. I know. <laughs> and long story short, so um, I still have Maya, and that was. I think over a year ago and my friend said to me one day he goes yeah I uh I don't think I have a choice she chose you you didn't choose her and sometimes that happens too like I never planned on keeping Maya but I think she's gonna stay with me forever because she does not leave my side and she doesn't snap I mean I have I have a kid at home I have um you know my kids friends come over and I don't want people to think like she's like aggressive or anything it's just they they almost like figure out what they want to and mm-hmm. where they belong and where they fit in which is crazy to see these dogs do that yeah i totally think they do that that magic is a perfect example everybody he was adopted out and they're like he doesn't act anything like what he did with you when <laughs> they're like they returned so him during crazy. our trial period i yeah. hear that all the time too like yeah. um chopstick the china dog mm-hmm. he was he, he's like the perfect dog over there and i'm like huh <laughs> interesting okay (laughs) so uh so yeah i want to talk about because this has been like a big impact not only for us but for the community um i got when i first got involved with abra um i got a dog um named caner well i named him caner blackhawks of course okay um so i got i got caner and where did caner come from main society the humane society and he was good like super super quick so usually we keep the dogs separate to make sure that all the dogs are compatible and you know. right the foster cat yeah. or dog coming into the new foster home we always encourage you to keep them separate for a couple of weeks from mm-hmm. your pets because they just need time to decompress mm-hmm. i mean sometimes you can just tell they're just so happy to be out and they're exactly. very animal friendly from the get-go but we do stress like giving them time to decompress before mm-hmm. you do any intros. yeah so but he was and we knew because we have friends brian and Kristen, who volunteer at that shelter mm-hmm. and they lead the play groups and they are so involved and do such wonderful work there and so they knew him well mm-hmm. and where um, was that at humane well it's, now it's humane indiana okay munster mm-hmm. and uh, so they knew he um he had been adopted by that shelter along with multiple other dogs um and then found in an abandoned house all the dogs he and all the, all the yes, other dogs yes, have been left okay, behind uh-huh. um, i don't know how you remember all this amy i will it's never crazy. don't ask me for like an adopter's information i'd have to look <laughs> no, that i up, don't know how you remember this <laughs> i, I like to remember where the animals came from um yeah so we knew from brian and Kristen that he was really good with other dogs because that's mm-hmm. that was all he knew he was better with dogs than he was with people more comfortable right so he was in a house in an abandoned house with other dogs and they kind of like helped each other to yeah. kind of survive because when we got him he was he was pretty skinny wasn't he yeah, yeah. so it, it's so it's amazing um so yeah i took in caner and um so for people that are listening if you um ever use the dog emoji on an iphone 
that's what Kaner looks like. The one spot I and all white. Like I always referred him as the emoji dog. Cutest, nicest dog ever. So he did great, got along with other dogs, loved kids. I mean, best dog ever. So um he got adopted pretty quickly. Like I don't even think I had him for more than a couple two or three months. I mean, yeah, he got adopted pretty quickly. But before that, this was my first um really nitty-gritty uh, experience. Um, I also at home, I have a, a black lab. And then at the time, I had a Yorkie. And uh, me, my black lab, caner, and my Yorkie all went for a walk. And that's that's normal. I mean, and we, we're we very knowledgeable and like the dog, try to be as knowledgeable as possible with the dogs we take in. And we would never take dogs on a walk. I mean, I wouldn't have like a people aggressive dog you know with having a kid in the home i mean but we do have people that can do that with us like josh josh lambert shout out to him CP he, barbell oh my god <laughs> cp barbell athletics yeah we're gonna do a quick shout out uh to him because he's amazing and he'll i mean that guy takes in every yeah. kind of dog i mean i can't that's a whole. No- that's probably a whole nother podcast. You know what, He's Josh? Can you come on yeah. the show? <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> I hate you to talk. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, no, he's so awesome. So, um, anyways, I got so off track there. So, like I said, we take any dog, but Caner uh, was awesome. So I'm walking Caner, um, my black lab, and my Yorkie, and normal day. Take him for a walk before I go to the pool that day. Get home, put them in the house, leave. I get home, and now I live in the town of Maryville, Indiana, and um, when I got home, and there was a piece of paper on my door, and I, this never happened to me before, so it was pretty crazy, and I was like, what is this? Well, it said that from the town of Maryville that I had um, three, I think it was three pit bulls, had to get rid of one or two, and it, then muzzle them. Yeah, it was a warning, and it, and it just wrote out, um, you know, that you had two pit bulls and you had 15 days uh-huh. to get rid of one, that literally get rid of one, uh-huh. and register one as a dangerous animal yes. with the town yep. of Maryville. Yes. See, Amy, this is why I keep you around. <laughs> yeah, anything with dogs, she knows. Um, and it even happened to me. I'm like, Amy, what happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I was like, what? And so here's the crazy thing, though. Um, we ended up getting Caner DNA tested. Um, he was not a pit bull, and well, because there's no such thing. A pit bull it, encompasses so many different bully breeds. Yes, that if someone was like, "You can't bring that dog here; it's a pit bull." Well, mm-hmm. if you get a DNA test, mm-hmm. it's gonna more than likely come back as American Staffordshire Terrier. Mm-hmm. And there are some ordinances and laws um, that encompass that breed as well. But just as a generic pit bull term, mm-hmm. that's a catch-all. And so many dogs are right. identified that way when they aren't even. Exactly. And speaking of that, um, speaking of ordinances, the ordinance in Maryville, Indiana, is right at the time being, but we're, we're getting that changed. Um, the we're time, working on it. The time, we're we're, you guys are working so hard on it. And... Um, in Maryville, Indiana, a uh, pit bull breed, quote unquote pit bull, I should say, um, is considered a dangerous animal. And yes. if if you have, basically, uh, from my understanding and the way I took it, reading this, um, 
if you have a dog that looks like a pit bull, it needs to be muzzled, and you have to register it as a dangerous animal. It has to register it as a dangerous animal. You have to have a six-foot fence. It cannot leave your property without a muzzle. Uh, whenever it's outside, um, you have to have at least $300,000 worth of liability insurance on your homeowner's insurance. And that is just absolutely insane because for that to come at me, if I didn't have you guys to back me up, um, I don't think the town is going to pay for a DNA test. And DNA tests are very expensive. And so... And you, also, you couldn't get them back in time. Um, luckily, we have a, we work with Wisdom Panel, and mm-hmm. because we're a rescue and we told them the situation. And Wisdom Panel they, is the company is the that DNA. does the DNA yeah, testing? Yeah, they did the DNA for us, and they expedited it because we told them the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's just off the street who doesn't have that type of relationship with the vendor like that, it's going to take a good three to four weeks. You had 15 days. So by that time, the dog is gone and... Right, like how are you responsibly telling a resident get rid of your dog where do you think that dog is going to go where do you back where it ended it? up back where we got it from right and then and then who's paying for that the town to keep exactly. all these dogs i mean so that was you know in hindsight i'm it was it was very frustrating at the time but i'm so glad it happened because you know because what are we doing we knew about now, bsl yeah. which is breed specific legislation mm-hmm. um it's been around for a long time and and really quick before it was even pit bulls it was um german shepherds yes, rottweilers Akitas, yep. a yep. lot of those so pit bulls hasn't always been the breed it's it's kind of like changed but mm-hmm. in yeah. maryville it's still you know they're hooked on the pit bulls so um Amy and Laura have done an amazing job going to the town council meetings and bringing this to attention. So I want you guys to kind of talk about like what you have done and what you've been doing to change the ordinance as you've been working with the town of Maryville. Because I think this is like so cool. I'll say a few things and then I'll let Laura take over because Mm -hmm. she has done the bulk of the work on this and she's done an amazing job. The ordinance as it stands now is you have to do all those things with the muzzle, the insurance, the fence. Uh, if you have a dangerous dog defined as, you know, a dog that's ever attacked someone and bit them off your property, a dog that's ever attacked and killed another animal, a dog that's been found running at large three times in a year. Like mm-hmm. all these things that make sense defining a dangerous animal. And then the very last point is, or is a pit bull. Doesn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Just a dog that someone might That's look insane. at and say, you know what, that looks like a pit bull. So, mm, yeah. I'm sure people listening to this right now, too, are just like fuming at that statement. And if you are listening, if you have any comments or want to reach out like to me, Laura, Amy, anyone, and, you know, talk about those things or give your responses, I mean, we'd love to hear other people's responses to this because you guys go to the town council meetings in Maryville. Um, what days? Yeah, we did. We started, um, this all started July, 2017. Okay. So we're a year in. Yeah, it's been a lot of and work. And we've, we've tried to get neighbors. Started out kind of rocky, but um, yeah. I will say, and I'll let Laura take it from mm-hmm. here, but um, things are looking very positive and they're awesome. working with us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. And if, if someone is interested in this, I mean, um, and is a Maryville resident, I mean, you and Amy are the ones kind of 
yeah putting this all together so go ahead laura right. tell- so they can come to the town council meetings they could follow abra and we'll let them know when there's something that's about breed specific mm-hmm. legislation coming up and they want to voice their opinion or come to it um, because to another to thing us- too really quick sorry to cut that's you off but um another thing really quick is uh, a lot of residents in their towns don't know this right. and i think it's important for them to know because i guarantee you there's thousands thousand homes in maryville indiana and they have a pit bull or pit bulls, and they don't even know this. And we wouldn't want this to happen to another animal, you know? So um, go ahead, you right. go girl. <laughs> so, so basically what we did, we did a lot of research and we explained to the town who was very receptive now. They've been working with us mm-hmm. wonderfully um, and That's listening awesome. to the facts that we've put around of how breed specific legislation doesn't work. It doesn't mm-hmm. protect anyone. All it does is penalize responsible pet owners. Mm -hmm. So I'm a responsible pet owner who has two pit bulls. Um, I have to now increase my insurance. I have to pay more. I have to go through all these hoops and I have to muzzle my dogs. Um, And so I don't want to live in the town of Maryville because I'm not going to go there because specifically for that, you're not making it any safer Mm -hmm. um, because you can have an aggressive any type of dog. Uh, how about Maya? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those little ones are right. Yeah. Those little ones are worse than those big ones. Yeah. So you could have any type of dog that's aggressive, um, and they're free to roam. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've heard of examples of German Shepherds who had gotten out multiple times and been picked up. Well, what we're saying is that's a problem. You need mm-hmm. to deal with the problem of the dog at large. The dog should not be allowed to be at large three times. Fix that. So we kind of work together with explaining how to make it safer without having breed specific legislation in there Um, and also showed them some facts of you know spaying neutering a big huge thing Uh, 99.8% of fatal dog bites are by a dog who has not been spayed or neutered an Mm unaltered dog that's that's where your dangerous dog is coming Mm -hmm. from so enact legislation to make spay and neutering mandatory you know ban breeding so mm-hmm. those are the things that make changes. Breed specific, just slapping something on there saying pitbulls are bad doesn't doesn't help anything. Exactly. So, um, so we've been working with them, and they've been really receptive. And so I think we will have some positive changes. That is so awesome that you guys could make such an impact and such a change on the community. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people yeah, really ap- appreciate what you yeah. guys we'll have see been new doing. Ordinances very soon, um, and they aren't effective. Just put that out there. A lot of towns and cities that have enacted BSL mm-hmm. are reversing it because it's done nothing to reduce the number of dog bites. It has done nothing but mm-hmm. cost the communities money. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't work. And you guys have really shown that in the evidence that you've came up with and all the research exactly. you've done, Laura. Right. Yeah. The states that are now, as a state mandate, who are saying you cannot have that. Mm-hmm. So Michigan just said there is no BSL in I the state of the Michigan. state to say you cannot discriminate against a certain breed of dog. Right. That's crazy. So That's we need amazing. Indiana to get on the bandwagon. Right. <laughs> come on, Indiana. The American Bar said that it affects your due process. So they have mm-hmm. come out and saying that they are against breed-specific legislation. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, um, and not only myself, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that thank you guys for doing this and taking the time. I mean, like you said, you don't get paid for this. No. <laughs> and you're doing all this research, you guys are doing all these things, and um, to kind of like piggyback off of what you were saying about um, the, the dogs and everything is, um, there's a lot of people that don't know they they want to adopt they want to foster and you were talking about like 
getting the dogs neutered and all that like can you um explain like how important you laura amy one like how important that is um because we've came across a lot of situations and how important is you know heartworm medicine um all that stuff that people might over like oh it's fine i don't have to worry about it like how important is that Huge. It's absolutely huge. So um, right now, and Amy can speak more to this, but we get pleas constantly. Amy's phone blowing up. Take this animal. Mm -hmm. We need, you know, we're overcrowded. We're going to have to start putting down good animals at shelters, shelters who are trying their best to get these animals out, but they have no more space. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the big, big things is if people spayed and neutered their pets, we wouldn't have these accidental litters. We wouldn't have, that Mm -hmm. would lessen the capacity of these shelters, lessen the burden on the rescues, lessen the burden all across the board if mm-hmm. we could have mandated spays and neuters it's just that simple um that's one big thing there's the health aspect it's and you want to mm-hmm. talk about diamond girl and yeah um it is it's not just of course spay and neuter is always going to be near and dear to anyone in rescue's heart because of the overpopulation problem mm-hmm. that we can't adopt our way out of we just can't um but the health issues related to animals that don't get fixed Um, can be pretty severe as well. We've got Diamond Girl, DG we call her. She's just the sweetest, Mm -hmm. sweetest little pity girl. We call her our gremlin mix because she's a little gremlin. She's just a doll. And um, she had uh, several mammary tumors and, you know, um, cancer. And we had to send her down Mm -hmm. to Purdue Lafayette. And we have spent over $5,000 on the surgery and the care for her, mm-hmm. she had to have her entire right side mammary chain removed. Ugh. That is just a huge incision. That's mm-hmm. a major surgery, a very painful surgery to recover from. And then she had to have um, two removed from the left side as well. Had she been spayed when she was young, mm-hmm. it would have eliminated that risk. It say, makes it almost non-existent. Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, what could have prevented that? But you just answered that before I even could ask. So. That just that shows for cats and dogs those mammary tumors and the cancer. Uh-huh. Um, it it compl- almost completely negates the risk um, if they've been spayed at a young age. Um, neutering also reduces the risk greatly of certain cancers in male dogs and really does affect behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people to know that because a lot of people. I mean, everyone wants a dog or a cat and. of people, I mean, are animal lovers. But a lot of people don't have the knowledge to take care of the animals the right way. And uh, I don't think some people are really trying to do harm to them, but a lot of people just don't know. So I think it's important, like, we share that information, too, with everyone. And um, speaking of, like, being neutered and all that, we've dealt with, you know, puppy mills before. And if you guys watch the video uh, before the podcast, uh, we had Bugle. And Bugle was a part of the puppy mill that we just rescued. How many? Well, we got four of the Beagles. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they came from Tennessee. They came from Tennessee, a property that had over 140 Beagles. Oh, my God. Um, and so that was a massive group effort and rescues came as far from California to get some of the beagles and take them back. And our focus, I do want to say is local. There are so mm-hmm. many local animals dying that we try yeah. to keep this within Lake Porter LaPorte counties, Northwest Indiana and the Chicagoland area. We definitely try to stay local, but, yes. um, but this was a special So case. many people reach out 
to you, Amy. Yeah, um, and that, I'm sure that goes for any person in rescue. Yeah, Just get, yeah. We, I mean, we, I get emails daily from Kentucky and Georgia, and mm-hmm. and I always think, okay, well, if there comes a day when there aren't any needing homes here, then we'll we'll branch out. But we just um, don't usually. But this situation it was a pretty bad situation for mm-hmm. these beagles. And Rob Dar's Hound Song Rescue um, reached out and let us know that and they were going to go in down Tennessee? there. No, they're a local rescue here. Oh, okay. I think they're based out of Griffith. What what was their name? Rob Dyer's Hound Song Rescue. Oh, okay, um, they're great, and they do like beagles and coon hounds, so they're breed okay. specific, and they've got a lot of knowledge about the hound dogs. Um, but they had said, you know, we're going down with some cargo vans. We're going to take as many as we can. Can you possibly take any? So of course I post and I tap out to you guys and see, okay, where can we squeeze in mm-hmm. a beagle here and there? And we wound up getting four. Mm-hmm. Three of those four are heartworm positive. Um, Mm -hmm. So, of course, they'll have to go through that treatment. Um, And not only is it kind of a lengthy treatment and expensive for the rescue, but most important thing is it's really painful for them. It's a painful Mm -hmm. treatment. And not treated, it can do permanent damage to, like, lungs and their heart. So um, we've seen a lot of heartworm uh, positive mm-hmm. cases this year. We've currently got five dogs with heartworm going through treatment. Yeah. So um, and Beagle's going to be one of them. So yep. important. Yeah. And poor Beagle's, Beagle's going one through his <laughs> treatment. And it's so. also important to remember to give them the heartworm pill every month, all year round. Mm-hmm. So people think that because in the winter you don't see the mosquitoes, that they're not at risk. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. We've had the mild winters; um, they're at risk. So you have to give it to them all year round. Mm-hmm. And that's important. For people to know too, because it's little things like that that can prevent so much in the end. And we take care of these dogs, get the surgeries like Diamond Girl and all that, and all of the money comes from money that you know we raise with. So it's non for profit, you know. So um, we try to take care of these dogs as best as we can. And um, not only have we reached out in Tennessee, but one of the coolest rescues i think that i've done with abra is uh the china dogs rescue and um i remember we have a foster facebook group and i think it was amy who posted we have dogs coming from china who can take in some dogs and i was like is this like am i reading this right (laughs) we have dogs coming from china and for people that don't know um out there, it's it's supposed to be illegal now, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. But um, in in portions of the country, in I portions think, of at the least, country, um, they're caving into you know pressure from all over, of course. Um, but what is on paper and what is in practice, right? You know, it's it's a cultural thing, so it's yeah. going to take time to change. Yeah, and what we're talking about is. Um, the Yuling Dog Festival, and if that's something that you guys want to look up on your own, um, it's a lot to talk about, like and describe, especially over a microphone right now. So, yeah. if that's something that you know you personally would like to look into, um, a lot of celebrities have gotten involved with it, and um, I don't want to say, well, we are fortunate, but with the the crazy, you know, unfortunate events. Um, I thought it was really cool that 
across the world we can be involved and help out with something yeah. like that and again all and how did that even come about amy i was just gonna say all of these <laughs> all of these projects we do not go looking for they just kind of fall in our laps um one caveat to like the dog meat trade in china if anyone mm. does want to look it up you need to be prepared um, yes yes because it's not just okay they eat dogs i mean we can make the it's argument brutal. when we eat other mm-hmm. animals but um the belief is the more the dog suffers prior to its death the better it tastes yes. due to yep. release of endorphins mm-hmm. so it is absolutely gruesome mm-hmm. um but we work with the vet dr brenda dines hey brenda she's fantastic <laughs> um and she does i mean she works and then does a lot of stuff on her own time volunteering with shelters. Is Brenda the one that was in uh, St. John? Yes. Cause Saint yes. John, yeah, okay, so. She works at St. John Animal Clinic. They shout both out to St. John too. Animal Clinic because they opened their doors when yes. Amy pulled up with a U-Haul van of, <laughs> of 12 dogs. 12 dogs <laughs> in crates. So just to give everyone like a, a visual of this. Um, yeah, these, so Brenda had actually gone to China. She's gone a few times. Oh, Brenda did go to She's, China, wow. So like we, she had met the dogs that were coming to us and i was almost hesitant at first um again because of the need in this area but curtis scott was a trainer we used to work with and a friend and he was amazing and he passed away very unexpectedly uh last year Mm. and um he was from thailand and the dog meat trade was actually very near and dear to his heart it was a it was a a subject that was very important to him Mm -hmm. and he had a a dog that had previously been rescued from there so it just seemed like it was meant to be you know brenda had been there she had seen these dogs assess them crazy how things were kind of Mm -hmm. a way to you know honor curtis for all the help he had given us and so on that first trip I rented a U-Haul cargo van and we drove up to O'Hare uh-huh. and came back with 12 dogs that those poor dogs, by the time we got them back to St. John, mm. they had been in their carriers for like well over 30 hours. Yes. Yeah. Um, and of course they were absolutely filthy and stinky in yep. St. John Animal Clinic and St. John Boarding and Grooming opened their doors to us on a Sunday when mm-hmm. they're normally closed and let us come in and they groomed all of those dogs and um, just kind of let us use that as our base of operations. And then we've had two more, um, I don't want to say shipments from China, but t- <laughs> twice since then. Um, so we Shipment of fluffy a, fur. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a total of 19 dogs from China this year. So wow. that's And most of them have been adopted now. All but, All but one. one. All but one. All but one. All but <laughs> the one that we named after Curtis. I Curtis was just going to say, wasn't it, isn't it Curtis who hasn't gotten adopted? That's crazy. <laughs> Oh my God. So yeah, they all got adopted. Um, and it was, uh, to kind of like shed some light on the situation as horrible as it is. Um, I ended up naming my dog chops it. Jackie came up with the name first and I was like, (laughs) I I know you think that's funny, but I'm keeping it. So, (laughs) so, uh, I named mine chopstick. He was a cute little Corgi. Um, he came with the name, I think his name was smiles when he came in or smiley, smiley. Smiley. Yeah. And, um, I was like, oh no, we're going full China with this one. So his name would have had to have changed anyway, because our rule is we never repeat a name. It just keeps it. It's easier for me, you know, if you say the name a of smiley, a dog, yeah. I can be like, oh, Bruce was a black lab yeah. that we adapted out in 2014. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and yeah. we'd already had a smiley, so we couldn't have another smiley. Yeah, so so we changed it uh, thanks to Jackie too giving me the name, um, and now his name is Chops. They shortened up a little bit, which. It's fine, I guess. But no. <laughs> um, so when he came, though, he, you know, in that situation, the dogs 
probably aren't going to be potty trained. They are confused. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, it, it's a lot, and it's a lot of work to work with the dogs, which you know we all know here at this table. And um, but it was funny because when I got him, I he he was marking his territory like. Like Bugle did today, actually, here at Local 219. You're welcome, Alan. Um, and uh, 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 I was going to say Smiley Chopsticks did the same thing. And it was funny because I was, like, yelling. I was like, no, no. And I'm, like, trying to get the dog outside, you know. But then I was like, wait, maybe he only understands Chinese. So then... I would be outside. So my neighbors already think I'm crazy because every week there's a different dog or I don't know, the neighbor's dogs are there. My friend's dogs are there. I don't know. It, they, who knows what they think I'm doing over there, but um, don't worry. It's all, it's all good. Um, but one night I'm outside and I'm yelling Chinese. And when I looked up how to say no in Chinese, it was like, Neo. So here's me in my backyard. Chopstick, Neo. So that was me for like two weeks. Yeah. Looking at Chinese, yeah, and yelling. So uh, that was that was a funny part of it. Uh, I think my friends were absolutely dying and thought I actually went crazy. Um, but it was it was an awesome experience to uh, see that happen and actually like be reached from across the world. Um, and uh, going off of that um, is. There was uh, cats you yeah, just read, like which gotta, is another crazy throw story some out there for our cat people. Yeah, shout out yeah. to my crazy cat people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a crazy cat. We talk lady about at dogs heart, so much. Always will be that. I but know. I know it's so funny that dogs get more attention and they get more pictures and they get more talked about more. But we actually rescue and adopt out more cats than mm-hmm. we do dogs. And I will forever be a crazy cat lady, and I wear that <laughs> title with pride. She will stand by that. Um, <laughs> This is another situation very accidentally kind of fell in our laps. Um, there was a situation where there were 60, over 60 cats living on one property. Wow. Um, they, where was this at? Um, about an hour east of here. Okay. I have to kind of treat the situation a bit delicately. Oh, yeah, no. Um, and the cats had upper respiratory infections they were flea infested you expect that you cannot have that many cats in one um area in one home and not have them be ill Uh, upper respiratory infections are expected unfortunately they also had ringworm now how did you find out um it was a facebook post of course someone needing help with kittens and it just kind of was this like a word of mouth that like someone saw this or it was just it showed up on my newsfeed, which is uh, social media is the devil. <laughs> like, I didn't, but in didn't so many ways, it. yes, the it rescue, is. I wouldn't yeah. go near it. Yeah, but even I, there's so much I tried to block from my own feed because it just it takes its toll after a while, and it's oh, just yeah, you know yeah. animal after animal. Um, but long story short, in situations like this, and this happened in a neighboring county not too long ago, it was the same thing. It was well, it was eighty cats, but again with the ringworm. Mm. And when animal control gets involved, all the eighty cats were euthanized. Oh, and God. I'm not even faulting animal control or a shelter for doing that because the time it takes and the the complicate the complications that come from trying to treat the ringworm because that's contagious not only to other animals but to humans mm-hmm. and so all of your you have to wear gloves and you know kind of cover up your clothes and uh it, it's just been 
we took on this project knowing it was going to be completely crazy, not mm-hmm. knowing quite how crazy. Um, I mean, but so, something you always do, Amy. Well, <laughs> this one, this one all goes to Julie, our cat coordinator. Julie is that woman is a living saint. Um, Shout out to Julie. Absolutely, she has just worked her butt off for the last three months. Um, <laughs> Just the crazy things we've done. I, I can't. <laughs> the day we went and picked up the first um, 30, we picked up 30, and it was all of the cats that were like 12 weeks and under and two adult moms. Mm-hmm. And on the transport back to, you know, this area, um, one of the newest, it was only a few days old, one of the babies passed away. We were so mm. bummed. So that first trip was 29 were these kittens or this group was yeah two adults and all kittens wow um and julie has just been i mean these poor kittens were so sickly and we posted Mm. pictures on our facebook page i mean some of them were missing fur and their eyes were just all goopy and the fleas and they just were in such bad shape and dehydrated and um now now we're three months later and they're gorgeous they're yeah. stunning they were we have them at their first adoption wow. event this weekend and they're happy and they're yeah, healthy where were you guys at this weekend we're at spill the milk spill and the milk and valpo, valpo. Right? it's yep. a vintage store on route 30 and actually we're going to be there again this coming saturday oh awesome um with a lot of these kitties again um so yeah that was that was a lot of julie's wow. hard work and then we we had Mike Hine is a local farmer, and he had a dairy barn that hadn't been used in a long time, and he let us use the building, and we had volunteers that came and built um, these uh, cat structures, built like 12 stalls in this old dairy barn for us to house cats temporarily Mm -hmm. while we were trying to get them through the ringworm treatment and into homes, and um, from start to finish, nothing about this project has gone like we thought it would. but it's been amazing to see these kittens get healthy. And even Purdue University, Lafayette, has been wonderful to us. They sent up their mm-hmm. mobile unit twice to do huge spay-neuter um, wow. blitzes for us. And so they came up like two and a half weeks ago and fixed 27 of the cats. And then they came wow. back a week later and fixed another two dozen. So um, it's it's been a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. a lot of money. A lot of crazy days and stress, but it's 60 cats who are not going to be breeding anymore, and and they're um, all looking pretty got good. vaccinated and got treated for fleas and um, are definitely healthier than they were. That's amazing. So. Yeah. So uh, you guys heard a few stories um, out of the many, many, many. I mean, these are only the ones that I know, and I've only been around for. A little more than a year so I mean I'm sure there's so many more stories you guys have um, but as we're running out of time unfortunately I mean there's so many things we could talk about but um, if anybody is interested in fostering volunteering I mean there's so many things you can do uh, transporting I mean there's so many ways to help out uh, where would people go if they wanted to be involved with Abra uh, we have a website, abraangels.com, A-B-R-A-A-N-G-E-L-S. Um, we could really use a webmaster. 
I'm lucky <laughs> I could yeah. I can handle Facebook um, and we have a website but it definitely needs some work and some updates and that is absolutely beyond my skills um, <laughs> so yeah there's there's needs for volunteers in every hey area. you might be in the right spot today at local 219 <laughs> we do everything here <laughs> um, and our Facebook page we do have a Facebook page which I believe is all breed rescue Inc Facebook backslash all breed rescue Inc or you can search for Abra Inc but um, the Facebook page is probably the best way to keep in touch and keep up with what we're doing and the new animals coming in mm-hmm. and um, what's going on because we post there quite a bit mm-hmm. and then you guys do have a Instagram to Abra's Angels so I mean all throughout social media you can you can find us. Um, you could always message me if you're interested. I could lead you in the white, right, white, right, right, white, right? I don't know. I'm. You can send an email too. Send an email. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many ways you can get involved, though, and uh, especially if you have a special place in your heart, like uh, we all three do here today for animals, cats, dogs, hedgehogs, sharks, right? Are you gonna start <laughs> looking for that salt water? No. <laughs> right. We did a lot of talk about like ringworm and marking territory but there is a lot of fun too it's not all work it's hey it's a lot of work but honestly in the end um when you see these dogs healthy happy and going to good homes i mean i can't tell you the emotion i felt when like caner caner was my first Mm full-time and it was just amazing like knowing that you helped helped out you know an animal to be to fit into a home and you know find its forever home and it's it's just such an amazing experience and and you know a lot of people can't foster and they can't transport and they can't do those things so um like we were talking about these dogs cats you know all these animals are getting surgeries we have to treat them for heartworm we have to treat them and so we need you know we do get a lot of donations and um Everything we do, you know, is the money that gets donated yeah, through Abra. Yeah, we're all volunteers. So, There's no payroll. Every dollar donated vol- goes yep. directly towards their care. Adoption fees don't even begin to scratch the surface mm-hmm. and cover what we put into them. Every right. animal that comes in gets tested, treated, mm-hmm. vaccinated, fixed, microchipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if, if you can't foster, if you can't, you know, we understand. Like, I mean, it is a lot of work, and everyone can't do it, even if right. you do have a special place in your heart for it. Um, Always, you know, feel free to donate. I mean, food, diapers. Right. I've been needing diapers lately. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but any way you can, or even if, you know, when we have an, our, our events, uh, people to come out for events is always amazing too. So speaking of events, um, as we end here today, the gala, what, oh my God, so much fun last year. We had so many awesome raffles. Um, was it Diamond Girl or Chula? That Chula, Chula. was there. Chula. Yeah, Chula joined Charles us. Chula. Um, so we're going to do it again this year. So let's give people the information about our gala because I think it's an amazing yeah. event. The, the theme this next year is going to be Masquerade. It's going to be, at, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, at the Patrician, which is over on Route 30. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be April 6th. So that's a Saturday mm-hmm. in 2019. And tickets will be going on sale in a few months, probably. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a blast. It was, we had photo booth and we had a DJ. We had a band last year. We had It was raffles, so much fun. And yeah, it was just a blast. Well, 
last year was um the roaring 20s yeah roaring 20s oh my god it was so much fun so if you guys are interested in you know joining that and learning more about our community or just hanging out i mean there's always events going on so Follow Abra yeah. on Facebook. Anyone can. We always post where we're going to be. We're yeah, out yeah. a lot of the weekends with adoptable animals. Feel free to stop by, ask questions. Oh yeah. Just say hi and pet the dogs and cats, even if you can't take one home. Um, they'll be happy for the attention. Oh yeah, they're always happy. Yeah, to to see people, give them love and stuff. So. Um, Thank you guys so much for coming in today. I think people have learned so much, um, not only about yourselves, Lauren, Amy, but also about Abra. And I think it's important to get the message out about ways we can help um, with the animals in our community and make changes. So thank you guys for coming out. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks.